Welcome to the Boy Park Art Podcast with Una McAteer and Zara Linus. Boy Park Art is our virtual meeting place named after the much-changed public space besides Belfast School of Art, where we used to meet and chat. We invite you to our virtual park to share in conversations about art and artists in Northern Ireland and beyond. Hello, Una, and it looks like it's just us for episode 23. Yeah, well, it's been a couple of weeks, I think, since we've spoke as well, so maybe it'll be quite good to catch up. Absolutely. It's been an eventful week for me anyway. Yeah, so you've been working on the interim show for the MFA course? Yes, the interim show E-Quadrant. So it's running in two parts. It's an unusual show. It's going over two weeks. We're a team of 10 divided into two groups so I was part of the first group and we installed this week Monday Tuesday Wednesday and then the show was today and yesterday and then next week we uninstall the next group installs and their show is next Thursday and Friday so when this goes out it'll be this week Thursday and Friday. So this is different from the usual MFA interim shows so they would have been usually in platform but platform is no longer in Queen Street so it was in conjunction with Catalyst, but because of the lockdown, it couldn't be actually in Catalyst. So it's up in the MFA studios. Yes, so partitions that would have been in place before to make individual studios for artists um, have been taken down and a space has been made. Dryden worked really hard and I went in on Monday thinking we we're going to have to start right back at the start and do that sort of work and paint and get it ready and everything but Dryden actually had most of it done so big thanks to him anyway a lot of so, the and just just to clarify because the MFA course like a lot of the practical courses in the university they fall under uh, category one which means that there is essential face-to-face time and yeah. the health and safety measures that have gone into making it safe to be up in the studio are quite stringent aren't they? Procedures even for getting into the building and out of the building again um, it really it's complicated things but it's made it a bit more reassuring to be able to go in there and do that and just feel very lucky that we have been allowed and given permission and you know even given letters to allow us to travel about and go and do something this week so it's definitely we're, we're very lucky. Obviously it's the first time that we've done and I haven't got much experience in showing work anyway you know just the odd group show nothing um, as small as this so just five of us showing our work and definitely nothing virtual like this so it was really different to see that all taking place and really there was Susan Hughes there and she was doing all the organising of times and she was working with Catalyst you know back and forward all that communicate done and then we had Katrina Trakuma who was doing all the PR work putting us on Instagram and Facebook and getting posts on and doing behind the scene videos and things like that too. So really, really grateful for their help because we're they seem to be ahead of me. <laughs> because I'm sure the last time we were talking I was saying, I don't think I'm gonna have anything done. I don't I think I'm gonna drop out and I just didn't see me even having any work ready to show, never mind be at the stage where I had time to help with organising it and stuff too. So I'm so really appreciative of the collaborative nature of it so that people who were able to step up and, and do that. It just made it run so smoothly. You know, I was I was actually thinking that uh, you guys missed a trick because the part-time guys who are still connected with the second year MFA 
could have asked us to give you a hand with doing some of the, the runner work and the PR work and stuff like that. Yeah. Because I noticed people were sort of at the, coming up to the, the, the final hurdle. There was a bit of, oh, who's going to do this and who's going to do the other? It also, it would have been nice for the guys who are have gone part-time to had an insight into the experience as well but you know when you learn hindsight's a great thing it's great yeah like it's a learning curve even for us to know we didn't even really know exactly what all was going to be involved or how much energy it was going to take until we were actually doing it obviously as artists and we've talked about this loads of times how many different things you you need to do and be doing and it's you know as if that list wasn't long enough now we're (laughs) producing virtual shows and working out booking systems and how to pay things online and um, communicating pe- with people through Blackboard and I know you've mentioned this before about when you're talking what it must be like for lectures when they're talking on a Blackboard and it's just those black outlines no faces I've been at the other side now and for every time I'm going to be on Blackboard in the future I'm going to have my video on if I can and I'm <laughs> or have some sort of picture up because it is the worst thing talking to a laptop and not seeing any feedback you know not having that it's just so difficult. Yeah, there's no visual feedback and if people don't answer you back straight away, you're thinking, yeah, is anybody actually listening to me? It's It was really, really difficult. Now, it did, some people did have their videos on and stuff and those were much easier to do then. So it, it did work out well. Well, speaking of online stuff, over the past couple of weeks, with our space, we've had to do a similar thing. So the obvious exhibition that was only really open for about two weeks in total. Everything of that had to be moved online. So again, tech, not my most favourite thing. But I was able to get into the gallery and then do a video, uh, walk around to the video and spend ages and ages doing the editing and trying to find music, uh, copyright free music, to be able to put it on that suited the work and get that all uploaded as well. So feel your pain. Well, at least someone today, I'm not sure who it was, we've talked to that many people today and yesterday, but um, mentioned that it was good to be learning such things, you know, and have that learning curve. And I think because we are creative people too, you work around, you find ways of making it work. You find ways of finding the right music to make it work, you know, and you'll, you'll learn a wee bit. So the next time you do that, it'll be a wee bit easier again. I think it's the... The amount of time it takes to source, locate, and then again, the dreaded editing side of things is the, uh, for me, one of the most irritating things. Yeah. Because there's always maybe another better thing or another better thing or a better edit or a tighter edit. And it's deciding when to put the foot down and go, right, step away from the laptop. Yeah. (laughs) And just leave it be. Yeah. Well, um, talking about pulling things together, so obviously up until Monday I wasn't entirely sure I was even going to have something to show and I did have my book written and I say a book written, like it wasn't a massive book, it's a tiny little mini book, It's it would probably fit a, on a four pages. A booklet? <laughs> no, I'm going to go with a book, yeah, it's it's got a few pages in it and um, I've hand sewn it together and, and binded it too, so it is a proper proper wee book, but it is many. It's small. It's a short story, flash fiction, and um, and it's intended to be the first of a small series. And at one stage, it was going, oh, it might be six books, but no, we'll we'll, we'll uh, walk before we can run. I think if I got two or three done, we'd be doing all right, and I might yeah. be able to resolve the story 
that I've done in that. So on Monday, uh, then once I decided I was just going to go for it and do it and realize that because you get to that point, don't you? You have to sort of say, this is it. That's what I'm going to show. You know, nobody's going to actually say to you, yes, do show that or no, don't show that. You have to just decide it. So once I made that decision, it was all go. And thankfully, I was able to call in favors from Emily and Raymond and and then with the help of Dryden and Susan and Katrina and stuff too, I managed to get everything sourced. It was not easy. There's no, it wasn't a essential shopping. There's mm-hmm. no, the deliveries are up the left at the minute with Brexit and everything. So there was no like last minute ordering something or that it was just scrounging, big borrowing and pinching. Yeah. To get it pulled together. So I can't believe, I couldn't believe it by Tuesday, Wednesday that there was actually an installation in place then too. Good stuff. There's another positive thing that came out of today and and yesterday where there was a few positive things really. Um, One is that some of the visitors that we had were really far spread. Some of them were from the Cathedral Quarter right beside the university. Um, Others were from Barcelona, Czech Republic, Paris, London, Australia, Africa and even America. So a lot more people than you would have got to the two-day show generally. So I think the, the online bit really does have its perks that way. And it was really a good mixture of curators, artists and um, art writers and that as well. And friend, people's friends and family. And even this time, I actually had a visitor myself. First time for everything. But somebody that I didn't even have to drag kicking and screaming. So my cousin Kira from America, she actually was able to visit as well. And that's not something obviously she would be able to come home and do ever before. So that was really good. What did you show apart from the book? So uh, as well as my book, the installation was a corner of a room. And in the corner of a room was a carpet, a lamp, a table, a chair, just the homely stuff you would expect to find in a in a room. And I included objects that were mentioned in the book that had an emotional value in the set as well. And as well as that, I included some clues that weren't in the book yet. And likewise, there's some clues that are in the book that aren't in the set, but obviously it was just pulled together quite quickly. So I would imagine if I was doing it again, there would be a good few more clues and, and interaction things in it as well. But it was overall, I was quite pleased with how it turned out. And even I know I was talking to you at one stage, I was in mad rush trying to find fishing wire at the last minute, but I used embroidery thread and you know what, it works fine. And I actually, now that I've used it, kind of like that you can see that that's how it's suspended because no one's going to, like you say, nothing's ever really invisible and no one's going to, they're more like, oh, you know, it's not about, oh, how is it floating? You know how it's floating, but why is it floating? Yeah, I think you coming from the photography side of things, you're so used to working with the image and having the image perfect. And me coming from the sculpture point of view, having to deal with gravity and how things are held up and we don't have magic, makes that the likes of invisible thread that bit less important. Yeah. You know, so I think it's just the, the... the directions that we've come up through college in where you learn that maybe a wee bit sooner in the fine art than you do in the photography yeah but at least i know now it doesn't matter if it's not invisible string <laughs> so it's done yeah so i was quite pleased about it and i think overall the whole gallery space looked really well so across from me was lunga's work lunga she's in africa herself so she was able to come on with lots of her friends and family 
until a, a group call and see her work and talk about her work as well, which was brilliant. And um, it was great to hear her talking about it. You've seen it as well. It's a huge panel. I think it's like four foot maybe by six foot, possibly. It's quite big panel, wooden panel on the wall and it's painted a light pink colour with loads of tape and pin tacks stuck on it. So they're really everyday objects and materials. And um, she talks about wanting to elevate the non-conventional materials to create patterns and stuff at, on a larger scale. So normally she works with ceramics and small scale. She, you've, you've seen her work, she's obsessed with patterns and things. And um, so this is what she wanted to create a larger scale pattern that gave the illusion that it was moving. And it was really interesting because when we were showing people on the video, the screens were flickering. So it was actually causing the, an illusion. So hopefully Lunga got to see that as well. Um, and then Dryden's, his work really brought the space together. He had two huge steel, mild steel sheets on the ground and he had used ink, dipped his skateboard in ink and rolled around a design in it and then hand painted a statement that he's made. It's come about from his doing his research on different people who would be into anarchy and, you know, calling people to action to keep an eye on consumerism and, and maybe act in a way that takes back control and that. So um, he done some skateboarding over that and, um, oh, it made noise as well. So it was connected to a, a really loud, really, really loud speaker. And when you stepped on it, it vibrated and made this lovely noise. And then whenever he would skateboard over it, it was making noise. Obviously, when we pushed the trolley over it too, it was making noise. And then, and then Susan done some Irish dancing and some flamenco dancing on it as well. So it really brought a lot of energy into the room too. Um, and then we had Emily's work. Emily's was based on some anxiety, nightmares and dreams that she's been having about these trees at the back of her house. And she's took some pictures of them and they're black and red pictures and she's printed them on vinyl, put them on the wall and then she's got a red, she's turned the light red in that area. And it really looks as though the pictures are normal colours, but the lights turning them red and it gives them a 3D effect as well, which was quite cool to see that that was picking up in the video too. She wrote a poem as well, using some inspiration from some Scottish poets and stuff too. So she had those words up on the wall and a small TV screen then as well with a video with her speaking the poem over it too. So it was really, really interesting. And then in the other room we had Susan. So there's another room, a dark space and Susan used it and she had a really immersive experience in there. So she had on the big screen, she had these three videos all to do with being in the sea. So like being in the sea with being stung by a jellyfish or being in the sea and someone being in the sea and uh, being in trouble and maybe possibly thinking they were going to die and other experiences in the sea as well. Then she's got these two um, TV monitors at the back of the room in the darkness on a black table. So all you can see are these white outlines of hands in a stop motion just going as if they were treading water. It's really, really pretty and sometimes they're in sync and sometimes they're not. And I'll not try and say the word of what they're trying to do, the hands. It was something to do with something in the water that was illuminescent when you disturbed it. Bioluminescence. That's the one. There we go. I'm not just a pretty face. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's what she was doing. She was activating that, but um, she didn't even need to recreate anything else. You know, it was just the movement of the hands. And then she had this beautiful booklet done too, 
and a little round torch for looking at it, you know, and seeing it. And it was just to accompany the videos. It was the the descriptions of the and extracts from writing that she'd read or interviews that she'd done as well. So it was really, I don't know how she's going to improve on that. I don't know where she's going to go from there. But um, that's one thing she was mentioning, though, that this week has really helped her hearing other people talking about her work has actually given her more ideas of where she could go with her work. And I think I definitely find hearing people talking about my work, I was like, oh, I can't believe they get that. Or, you know, I didn't see that myself. Or, you know, you learn a lot more when you hear somebody else talking about your work. That's why it's so important whenever you are doing the likes of an art course, you're in studios and you are based in the college and you generally without restrictions or being part time, you're having those conversations on a daily basis. Yeah. So with the show is maybe that wee bit more focused because yeah. everything's happening so quickly all at once. You're getting an awful lot of information. Plus you really selected the work that people are going to look at. Whereas normally people can come over and see all the things that you're doing and comment on it. And it pushes you maybe further on more things. Yeah. And, and open studio well. situation. Yeah, and you don't you don't really have that control at least this way you sort of have control of what people are seeing. And then the repetition of it too. So just to do it over and over and over again. I think tonight in my sleep I'm gonna be talking about <laughs> different people's work. Oh so, I, I know that feeling. I, I start off every time there's a new exhibition in our space. I'm having to refer to my notes whenever I'm talking to people about it and the work. And you see by the time the exhibition is over. I can elaborate on my notes and do my notes backwards and upside down and inside out. Yeah. But speaking of the gallery. You probably know more than the artist at that stage, I'd say. Well, you left an awful lot off the artist. They would send information about the exhibition, but I find that in ordinary openings where the artist would talk about the work, I would take notes on that as well because it really fills out a lot more information, and background information about the, the exhibition. Yeah. And that's something that gallery visitors really take well to, and not just the official blurb, so yeah. to speak. But uh, a nice thing that happened there over the Christmas period was there's uh, an organisation, the Michelangelo Foundation, I think they're based in Italy, contacted the gallery to see if they would like to be included on their Homo Faber Guide, which is an online guide for museums, artisans, galleries and people doing workshops. So there was a bit of a mad panic because they wanted a huge big selection of photographs formatted in a specific way to be sent to them. I think they select the images and put them up on this website. And so Alison Lowry is on the website. You know, it's got museums from all over the world, galleries from all over the world. So it's quite exciting to be invited yeah. onto that. Yeah. So. That was a bit of a mad scramble and I am so confident that I had many, many more images of many, many more exhibitions that I cannot find. I was raging. I think perhaps an old external hard drive might have something. Like it. We did, we got plenty. So there's plenty of work involved in getting everything all formatted and it has been sent off. So it'll be very interesting to see. It's just okay. that niggly feeling though, isn't it? That you forgot, that, not that you forgot something, but that you know that you had something, but you can't place it. And what well, else I would be it? quite good in my archiving. So I archive exhibitions in a certain place and art space things in a certain place. 
and there just wasn't the information that I was confident would be there because I remember being at the exhibitions. Plus the fact that my phone died last yeah. year mm -hmm. and I lost two years worth because of not iClouding back upping my phone. So that serves me right. But speaking of crits, a couple of the Poland members have started to do an online weekly crit with each other. So that would be Jane Cherry and Alice Clark. And it maybe wouldn't be as academic as what you would get in the college, but it has really motivated the three of us to share work, to do work and giving each other ideas and encourage each other. Because I think at the minute, because we were not getting to meet and see each other and have that encouragement, there's different people are having wobbles as to what they're doing and whether what they're doing is worthwhile. So it's really nice to connect with your buddies. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be academic at all. Well, no, I'm not saying that it should be, but with us, it's more, um, it's not so academic, but it's really supportive and the ideas, because they've all been through university as well. Yeah. So they're maybe not given academic references, but they do have that sort of background of knowledge. It's just, yeah. it's really, really helpful. And, um, and the fact that we are organising it weekly, there is, you feel responsible to your friends to yeah. produce something, to show them something new. Yeah, it'll hold you accountable as well. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really exciting for you. It's lovely. It's lovely because we have our ordinary uh, blether and chat as well. Sort of like art club. for Instead of a book club, you've got an art club. Yeah, well, that's what a studio is really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I have to say, I've really, really thoroughly enjoyed being in, back in the studios this week. And... You know, the early part of the week when I was still getting everything together, I think I'd done more work in this this week than I'd done all last semester in, the, you know, the few days that I did go into the studio because I found a different corner to sit in and it just felt a lot safer with there being less people about. Not Well, there was actually more people about, but with there being more um, a stricter policy in place, you know, about people in and out and, you know, it just felt like I could actually work and it was brilliant to be around people again and, and having that experience because like, that's going to be over for me in a very short space of time 12 weeks it's mm -hmm. going to be on you know so it was just fabulous to have this week it was really really good well speaking of finding your place sometimes whenever i've moved up through the years in the va having to change studio spaces mm. it can take me a while to settle and get my feng shui sorted out yeah and important. <laughs> Today, I got my Bruegel poster up on the wall in the new studio space. It's finally your space. It is finally my space. And again, having a chat with the girls, we were thinking, so I used to be in Brenda's, would have been the name of my old studio. And I thought, I need to give this studio space a, a name. And it's in the top floor of our space gallery. But we can't call it the top floor studio or gallery because there's one of them already in St. Field. As well as it sounds familiar. Emma. Yeah. So we've decided that I'm up in the penthouse. Oh, the penthouse, yes. <laughs> I love it. So That's a promotion from Brenda's so penthouse. I, I think so. So I'm up in the penthouse now. Your hard work was worth it. Yeah, well, still not everything's still up. You know, I've still got clay that needs to get moved up and plaster bats and bits and bobs. But 
now that the poster's up, I was there today and it wasn't so much to do anything. It was more to get the feel of the place and to settle and not put pressure on myself to just you know, come into the new space and start making, making, making and enjoying the space around me. And I was having a wee look through some of the paperwork that I brought up and I found conceptual statements that I'd written first year. Strangely enough, where I'm coming from and why I make and how I make hasn't really changed. It's maybe a little bit more considered yeah. and better researched, but, still but it's still authentic and true to why I thought I was coming to college. So I was really pleased. It was really lovely. I had some really, really good words written down. So I'm going to keep them handy in case I need them again for something else. Well done, your past self. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, plus, I had feedback from Moira, one of the lecturers in first year. So I can see my words and her feedback. So that's quite good as well. And, and the other thing that I am looking forward to over the next couple of weeks. So you remember we had Bruna on for a chat. Yes. Bruna and her sister Nari are running this project stroke campaign called Right to Create and it is being homed in PS2 at the minute. It's all online and Brona has done a lot of work with a lot of different people, different abilities, um, as has Nari. So the Right to Create is about having studio space for people who need assistance within a studio. There are talks and events that if you go on to the PS2 website or Facebook, you can see the links to them. Yeah, we should put a link. Can we put a link to that on our, I think we can, on our notes? In, in the notes, yeah, I can give you the information. And what was really lovely for me yesterday was the work that I was doing with the Moonbase group in the autumn. Mm -hmm. It is in the exhibition that's virtual in PS2. I was wondering about that because Bruna mentioned today a bit about what she was doing at the minute and I didn't get a chance to say it to her but I was thinking to myself I wonder is that the work that Zara had done with them so it was oh that's e that's even better okay yeah so this morning there was a, a zoom tour and it was for the guys from the Moonbase script so it's lovely to get to see some of them again and we actually established I'm sure you remember me saying that I was having an absolute mare trying to work out who belonged to what because there's a little wee brown bowls came back <laughs> and none of them were initialed. So we actually discovered uh, in the virtual tour oh. that um, one of the administrators for Moonbase, Seanit, had appropriated other people's work. Just we didn't know who belonged to who or what belonged to who. So it yeah. was quite fun whenever you, people were saying, hold that up again. I made that. <laughs> So that, that was really nice. Sorted. Well, that's good. Yeah. So looking forward to that because although I don't have that much experience working with people of different abilities within the art sector, I have had in previous lives and previous industries. Yeah. And but we know how difficult it can be for the abled to get studio space and appropriate studio space to do things. So for the not as abled or differently abled, it's going to be a damn sight more difficult. Yeah. Definitely. So more power to everybody's elbow to get involved with that. 
And as Bruna said yesterday, if somebody wanted to give them a building, they would take it from there. Maybe somebody's listening sometime that knows. Fingers crossed, some philanthropist. <laughs> Put it out there in the universe. <laughs> Probably Belfast would help. Or oh, yeah. Well, well, no. One in every village is what Bruna said last night. I mean, that would be good, wouldn't it? One in yeah, every yeah. She, she was talking about KCAT down in Kilkenny and uh, Alistair McLennan, who was a university lecturer, performance artist, painter, he was down there working with a guy called Decky and they actually had an exhibition in the Effie McWilliam Gallery the year before last where they had the KCAT guys work alongside other artists. I, I was going to say professional artists, but that, that's not true. Is one of the guys who is a part of the community, Andrew Pike, is starting to get recognised by galleries down south and the work that he does. So, um, be like outsider artists. Yeah. So, a bit of promotion there. Here's the one in every citizen. Yeah. So, every community hall should have an art corner. Yeah. I'm sure there, there's so many buildings sitting there doing nothing these days, you know, even the like of. Um, unused chapels and churches and community halls and things they're for even if they're being used they're only being used for maybe when COVID's not happening they're only being used once a week or once a month there's no reason why you couldn't have something that can expand and fold away in the back of a chapel or back of a room somewhere That's well, the, thing, the, the right to create thing is more about having a space a studio space where somebody can come in do their work and leave their work and then come back to it. So it's not hot desking. It's okay. the it's the studio access that's the thing. Yeah. And is it for like one space for one person then? Well yes, because it would be studio studio yeah. space for however long that person is wanting to be using it. Uh, one of the, the ladies in the discussion last night was saying how unfortunate it is whenever you have really fantastic art projects. That are maybe lasting 68 weeks and it takes the 68 weeks to establish trust between the artist and the person that they're working with yeah and it's then that the, the work is really starting to develop and by that stage true the project's over yeah you're only just getting started yeah so to have you know specialized spaces more art spaces i reckon can only be a good thing but i would be quite biased Maybe I'm biased as well, but I agree. <laughs> so what are your plans for next week then? Plans for next week? Well, plans are spend a few days and recover from how hectic this week has been. And then get stuck back in, start writing again. When did you install? See where that goes. Monday morning. Yeah. See, the funny thing is, at, even during the week, some people were saying... Like Susan was saying, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do after this. And and there was that sort of feeling. And I've heard people talking about it before. You know, you do your show and then there's sort of, it's all hype, hype, hype. And then, yeah, yep. down. When I was felt a bit weird because by that stage of the week, I was sort of only on my way up. So, because it only just sort of thought, yes, this is definitely what I'm doing. And because I have the mini book is so unfinished, you know, it definitely leads to another one. I kind of know what I'm, I need to start doing on Monday morning. So, well, that, that's great. Good for you. Place for a change, yeah. Yeah, that's struggling I was before. Yeah, but it's good to see everybody left on a sort of positive note there this evening. So, yeah. What about you? What are you doing next week? 
well, I think I should get over myself and stop settling in and actually get my hands dirty. Okay. And and start maybe developing the, the work that I've been showing the guys from Holland and going, I'm doing drawings, so I am doing more drawings, which is great, and working on the 3D as well, because one of the things that my first year notes reminded myself is I like to work on several things at any given time and multiple materials. So I need to just stop thinking and start doing. Yeah. And, and then I can tack the academia onto it whenever I see what I've made. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. Should we leave it there for this week then? Well that'll do. Well good to see you. Um good to see you too. Take it easy. Thank you.